of God. Father, we come to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. Jesus is Lord. He is our Lord. He is my Lord. We thank you that we're not left alone without comfort, without help, without strength, but you gave us Jesus. When you left, you gave us the, your Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that He would lead us and guide us and open up to us uh, all of the things of God that we need to know, that He'd show us things to come, and that He would teach us all things. So, Father, we look right now to Your Spirit uh, through me, through my lips, through my words, Father, uh, that You will speak to our hearts. Father, I thank You for every believer listening, that every believer has Your Spirit living on the inside of them, teaching them, confirming, affirming, directing, opening up, revealing uh, your word unto every single one of us. And for those, Father, that don't know you, I thank you that your spirit, that he convicts the world of sin because we don't believe on Jesus. Father, so I, I thank you for helping us to know that we need you, that real life is only found in Jesus Christ. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, turn in your Bibles with me if you would, to Second uh, Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 4, Second Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm going to begin reading with the very last verse of Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4. This thing is so steep that it's making all my stuff fall out, but maybe I can't fix it. Second Corinthians chapter 4, very last verse, uh, verse 18, Second Corinthians chapter 4, 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal or temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Uh, and so, uh, because why? They're temporal, temporary or literally subject to change. In other words, what you see is subject to change. As you could see, like in the last week, if you looked, you know, two weeks ago, uh, you know, I read, a, I read this uh, news article about this guy. I don't even know who he was. He's probably not somebody that you'd want to, like, look deeply into, you know, because he was out on some not spiritual meditation thing, but just out in the desert. And so uh, he's gone for 12 days, and he comes back, and he's like, what happened to the world? Right? Well, what in the world happened? What did everybody do? They went crazy. Well, because the world is temporal or temporary, and it changes. It's subject to change. And so... Um, Am I doing something wrong? Praise the Lord. Okay, <laughs> sorry, there's people moving around and making faces and I don't know if I'm doing something wrong. And so, uh, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, because the things which are seen uh, are subject to change. In other words, our faith is not in the seen realm. Our, our faith is not in what we can see. Our faith is in the unseen, in God who is not seen. Uh, I have faith in the Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior, meaning that I'm turning away from everything else and I'm turning to Him, but yet I can't see Him in physical form. But I turn to Him as an act of faith, an act of trust, an act of belief. I turn to Jesus Christ uh, as my Lord and as my Savior. And the second I do that and believe God raised Him from the dead, then I'm born again. So I've been born again because I believe that God raised Christ from the dead. And I don't just believe He raised Him from the dead uh, just as a thing. We're like, isn't that nice He raised Him from the dead? No, 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 no. Uh, I believe that God raised Christ from the dead and when He did that, it affected me if I believe it and receive it. In other words... Uh, you know, even the demons believe uh, in God and tremble, in the power of God and tremble. And it's interesting if you find out, you look at Martha in the Bible, even she believed in the deity of Jesus Christ, but she was not born again. Because uh, before Christ died, like we, we have the advantage of, we have uh, not only the gospel letters, but we have uh, the epistles or the letters that were written to the churches. And so we forget sometimes that those uh, disciples that walked with him and talked with him on those streets before he uh, went to the cross, they didn't understand or comprehend. They knew he was Messiah to come, but they did not understand or comprehend that he had to die to take away their sins and that in his death and then his resurrection as conquering those sins, that that's what set us free. And so as a believer, when we believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, we're believing that, wait a second, I 
without Christ, I'm a sinner. Apart from Christ, uh, there's no good thing that I do. Even Jesus said, uh, you know, there is none good but God when someone called him good teacher. What's he saying? He's saying all goodness actually comes from God. No matter how much somebody thinks that what they do uh, makes them good. Oh no, you have nothing that you have not received. And so if you have received it, why are you boasting as like as if it's from you yourself? No, every good gift and every per perfect gift comes down from above, from God, from the Father. Uh, with whom there is no variableness, no shadow, nor shadow of turning. Praise the Lord. I just trust you, Lord, that my, my lips speak what's in my heart instead of stumbling over things. And so um, we look to him with whom there is no variableness, nor shadow of turning. Well, you see, there's some variableness in the world right now. There's some shadow of turning in the world right now. But man, when you fix your gaze on Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, you'll notice there is no variableness and no shadow of turning. In other words, not, not even a hint. Like you can see, I can see outside over there, there's some sunshine and so there's some shadow from the trees. No, there's not even a shadow uh, of turning in Him. He's not going to turn from you. We turn from Him. He doesn't turn from us. And so I want to encourage us this morning and today, and as you're hearing this message, if you hear it later, I want to encourage you and encourage me and encourage every believer and every person who would believe, who will believe, uh, fix your gaze on Jesus. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Well, you know, it may, it may be a cross to you to stay home. You know, I, I, I kind of look at it as... Uh, you know, what the devil meant for evil, God can turn for good. So a lot of people are so consumed uh, in their schedules and many other things. I think this is the, one of the best times in the world to turn to God as a family. To turn to God and come together and just say, you know what, we have this extra time. Let's not, you know, some people in the world encourage like, let's just, uh, what do you call it? Uh, gorge ourselves on Netflix. Okay, well, I don't encourage you to gorge yourself on Netflix. I mean, have some fun, some entertainment, good, healthy, clean entertainment, sure. Uh, but man, this is an opportunity. Uh, maybe go for a walk in your yard, or if you don't have a yard, you know, um, as long as they haven't quarantined you inside your house, go for a walk around the block. If they've done it inside the house, just say, okay, family, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go for a hike from the kitchen uh, to the bedroom. And, uh, you know, if, you, if it's a kid's bedroom, we're going to actually uh, do some chores in this bedroom, <laughs> and we're going to get this thing clean. Uh, and then we talk about what the Bible teaches about work ethic. In other words, our faith should not be just things that we talk about, but that we don't do. That's actually not faith. That's just mental agreement. And so if Martha just mentally agreed, yeah, he's, I see what the scriptures say, uh, what has been prophesied about Christ, and uh, he is the Messiah to come. Uh, but it didn't affect how she lived her life or how she changed her life. And so she never, then after he rose again, never received him in her heart and was made a new creature. Well, she'd just been mentally agreeing to that. And you can mentally agree that Jesus is the Messiah and not be part of the family of God. And not uh, after uh, you, you pass away, not go to heaven, you could end up in hell. Because it is as many as received him, to them he gave the right to be the children of God. So, 2 Corinthians 4.18, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, subject to change. In other words, this thing is changing. This thing is not even staying the same. And you can even just see it, even the... Even, uh, uh, praise the Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over the news media. Even they, even they can see that and know that. So uh, this thing is changing, and we don't fix our gaze on the virus. We don't fix our gaze on the problem. We don't fix our gaze on the lack. We fix our gaze on Jesus. We fix our gaze on Jesus. And so in Numbers chapter 21, verse 8 and 9, we find, And the Lord said to Moses, uh, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it will come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looks upon it, shall live. In other words, they've been bitten by these uh, serpents. They've been bitten. 
But everyone that looks on this fiery servant, shall, a serpent rather, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it on a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man and he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. In other words, there's an old song called look and live, look and live, look and unto Jesus now and live. And so maybe you've been bitten by the serpent. And, you know, that's not just like some disease. It could be a disease. It could be lack. It could be, um, what is that called? When you're just overwhelmed and overtaken and overburdened, that you have this burden. Well, you can have a burden in your body, like a, a manifestation of sickness and disease, the work of the enemy, the work of sin, the work of the flesh. Or you can have a burden in your emotions. You can have a burden coming against your mind. But if you look to Jesus, you will live. He said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. This, the whole reason he came is so that we could really live, that we could have the same life that he lives from, what sustains him. How, how, how would Jesus, as he is, so are we in this world. So how would Jesus handle it if he was here in the earth right now? What would his heart be? Well, first of all, you have to take the medicine before you can pass it out. Right? So some people say, well, Jesus would be out ministering to all these people. Yeah, but you know what? Before Jesus did that, Jesus was one with his Father. Jesus looked to the Father. Jesus said, actually, everything that I do and say, it's not from me. I, I actually uh, didn't get it, didn't learn it on my own. I got it from my Father in heaven. He has given me these things. In other words, He has shown them to me. He has revealed them to me. He has placed them in my heart. And I have looked at what He's placed in my heart. And I have magnified it. I have said, okay, I'm going to act on that. I'm going to live that. Jesus was the ultimate faith man. He acted on what God said. God spoke to him, and he acted on what God said, and look at the results. Glory to God. God is a good God. And so we look at Jesus on the pole. What was the pole? The cross. Well, let's look in John chapter 3, verse 14. Jesus said, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man, that's speaking about Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, God had come in the flesh in the form of a man and was birthed in a manger in a stable, well, birthed in a stable and then placed in a manger. Then baptized in the river Jordan and anointed. And then he began his ministry after the Holy Spirit came on him. If he be lifted up, that whosoever or whoever will believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life, everlasting life. Glory to God. Whoever, anybody, anywhere, whoever will believe on him, should not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life, which is the Greek word zoe, which means literally the life of God and the nature of God. The second that you believe on him and you confess him as your Lord, that life comes on the inside of you and recreates you and makes you a brand new creature. Brand new, never existed before. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We're talking about beholding the serpent on the pole, which is a type of Jesus Christ. So we behold Jesus on the tree. Behold, if any man be in union with Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything's become new. Sometimes you've, you've experienced that, but you've never beheld it. You've never stopped to look and say, wait a second, wait a second. If this sickness and disease is coming against me, if this lack is coming against me, I need to behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I need to behold the Lamb of God who removed the curse from me, the curse of lack, the curse of disease, the curse of sickness, the curse of... Uh, 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 Mental instability or mental, uh, I don't know how to say it, airheadedness, right? In other words, like you're stuck. You're mentally stuck. You're, you're mentally like hemmed in, uh, walled in on every side. No, Jesus 
took that away. And if you start beholding the walls that have been built around you, either by the devil or by your own thoughts or by your own flesh or by what listening to what other people said besides what God has said, there's no life there. There is life in the Word. There is light in the Word. There is no light there. There is only darkness if you're not getting it from the Word. And so, but the entrance of His words gives light. The entrance of His words gives light. So you feel like in a dark mental place. You feel like it's so dark around me. Stop looking at the darkness and look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Listen, he started this in you. You're not born again because you're so awesome. You have done so much. You haven't come into the family of God because of that. You haven't even, if you're not born again, you haven't even come into the earth because of that. You have come into the earth because God is a God of love and he has a plan for you and a purpose for you. And that plan and that purpose is, is so far beyond the temporal and the temporary. That plan is eternal. And that eternal plan for your life will only be fulfilled when eternity comes to live on your inside of your heart. And eternity coming to live in your heart is God himself by his eternal spirit coming on the inside of you, making you brand new in Christ Jesus forever changed like a new creature that never has existed before. And this creature, this new creature is not a creation of man. This is not a creation of uh, man's wisdom or man's knowledge or man's technology. This, is, this new creature was created in union with Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. But we have to behold that. In other words, who are you and who have you become? If you identify with who you are according to, well, uh, my dad had blonde hair and my mom had brown hair. And so who I am is I am like a blonde haired uh, man that has just gone through a winter. So my hair looks brown, <laughs> right? After the natural. So I'm thinking after the natural. But if you do that, you'll start identifying with the natural. Yeah, yeah, that's true of my parents. That's how my, my parents' hair was. That's how my hair is. But that is not my ultimate identification. That is temporary and that is temporal. <laughs> you can find that out. I'm laughing because like my grandfather, I think he had blonde hair when he was a kid. I didn't see him when he was a kid, but uh, you know, he had really white hair when he was old. What was left? That's why I said it can be temporary. Uh, praise the Lord. Believe God to keep every hair in your head. And so, um, you know, but that could be temporary. It's subject to change. You know, uh, while we look not to the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal or temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So we look at the unseen. How can you look at something that is not seen? Can you tell me how to look at something that's not seen? Think about that for a second. Uh, do you see that over there? Somebody say, no, I don't see that. I say, okay, now look at it. No, it's with the eye of faith. What is the eye of faith? Well, the eye of faith, in other words, that's going to have to do with your spirit. And so in your spirit, uh, you know, with the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's in Romans chapter 10. With the heart man believes. And so with your heart, you see with the eye of faith. In other words, your heart rejoices. So I want to read you, I'm going to back up just a little bit, same chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm going to give a little context uh, for this statement. Uh, verse 10, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Always bearing about in our body the death of Jesus or the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus may be made manifest in our body. What does that mean? Well, one of the things that means is when he died on the cross, we were there with him and we died. And if we don't um, bear about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus. In other words, we keep our body under. We keep our flesh under. When our flesh wants to freak out and flip out and flesh out, we say no. Like Paul said, I keep my body under. Lest when I have... Uh, told others about Jesus or preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Well, if you're, if you're, if you're, uh, you let your body just freak out or flesh out, join the club of humanity. 
The mercies of God are new every morning. God is a God of mercy and a God of grace. And it's not a matter of never fleshing out. It's a matter of every time you fall down, you turn to Him. Every time you stumble, you, He'll pick you up. You, you look to Him, the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy set before Him. You look to Him on that pole, on that cross. In other words, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why? That the life of Jesus also might be made manifest in our flesh. In other words, you have to crucify your flesh so that your flesh can have the life of God. Because otherwise, your flesh, if it's not crucified, your flesh is making the calls, making the decisions. And Romans chapter 8 tells us, if you live by the lusts of the flesh or the flesh, you yield to those things, you will die. In other words, you'll have death enter your flesh and enter other, uh, your relationships and other parts of your life. Uh, the death process will begin. But if you walk by the Spirit, you'll have life. Uh, you'll have life. And so uh, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, which is, it is awesome to bear that about in your body. No, in other words, uh, you ever say like, you know, no, I'm not going to let that happen. Uh, I'm not going to let that, you know, I'm going to let that, you know, you see some uh, kids are fighting or something and some bully wants to beat up on some uh, 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 disabled person or somebody that's not able to help themselves. You say, no, I'm not. Forget that. I'm going to go take care of the situation, right? Well, you take care of the flesh situation that you don't let your flesh dominate you. And there is such a uh, inward strength that comes from that place because in that place you receive in your flesh the life of Jesus Christ the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead quickens your mortal body okay verse 11 for we which live are always delivered to death for Jesus sake <laughs> I just thought of something funny but I don't know if I really have time to, to go there but anyhow some people want to pray for Jesus' sake. He said to pray in my name. And somebody say, the Lord, do this for Jesus' sake, for Jesus' sake. No, 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 no. He said, uh, do it for my sake, in the name of Jesus, by the authority of Jesus, because uh, we're delivered to death for Jesus' sake. <laughs> All right. That the life also of Jesus, why are we delivered to death for his sake? That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest, where? In our mortal flesh. You see how looking to Jesus on the cross, he's lifted up and you see what happened. He died. What happened when he died? When he died, he gave up his life freely because he took on him uh, the iniquities or the sins or the failings or the weaknesses and the diseases of us all. On that cross, he took it all. And so we realize, if we realize, well, he took it. Well, if he took it from me, who has it, him or me? Glory to God, I don't have it. You don't have it. He took it from you. He took it from me, right? Behold, if any man is in Christ, look and see. If any man be in union with Christ, I almost fell backwards. If any man be in union with Christ, he is a new creature. He is brand new. You, when, you, when you come into the family of God, you are brand new Old things, every old thing has passed away. Somebody said, like, and sometimes a well-meaning relative or an insecure relative, you know, they'll say, well, I remember what you're like. I remember what you did. You know what you ought to say to them? You ought to say, yeah, there's a faint picture of that, but you know what? I kind of recall that person. That person's dead. The old things have passed away. That's old things. They'll say, what are you talking about? You say, I'm talking about 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So that man is dead. The man who did that is dead, right? Well, uh, I'm not joking. Some people say, well, are you joking? No, I'm saying like you talk to family like this. You talk to people like this. People, you know, uh, you know don't cast pearls before swine and don't try to be like an ultra-religious person. We don't like religion. We just like relationship. But what I'm talking about is you talk the word. You speak the word. You know, and you can say it without saying it in a, in a, in a, uh, non-loving way that you know what yeah yeah I, I kind of I recall that as well but that was the old me I have changed and I didn't do this change on my own Jesus changed me Jesus came into my heart and when he came into my heart something happened that I'd never experienced in my life 
there was a complete and utter and total change from the inside of me. And that change on the inside of me has affected every part of me, so much so that the man that had the desire to do that, that you're talking about, that man died. He went to the cross with Jesus Christ, and now I'm living a new life, which is simply Jesus living in my body. Jesus using who I am, uh, using my flesh, like he came in the flesh of someone uh, named Jesus, but now he came in the flesh of someone named, put your name there, right? Now he lives in you, now he lives through you, and so you're a new creature. You're a brand new creature. Don't live like the old creature. Don't live under the, the, the dominion of the old kind of thoughts. Have new thoughts. Well, how do you have new thoughts? Well, Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 1 and 2. Let's turn over there real quick. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I love this passage of Scripture. And um, I could probably quote it, but I also love to have my eyes fall on it. If I can get to the page there soon enough. Uh, I beg of you, or King James says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. I'm begging you by the mercies of God. In other words, I'm begging you because God is merciful. He has mercy. He's a God of mercy. What does mercy mean? Mercy means you don't get what you deserve. And what does that mean? Well, you did something you shouldn't have done. But mercy comes and picks you up. Mercy comes and says, it doesn't matter because God's love reaches further and goes uh, as much more effective and much more powerful than your sin. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, by the mercies of God, what? That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Listen to this. This is real important. Be not conformed to this world. So you don't want to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How's that going to happen? What does that come from? That comes from feeding on the word of God. Feeding on the word of God. Proverbs 4, verse 20 and 21 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. For there are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Let them not depart from before your eyes. Right? So what are you seeing? In any situation, are you seeing what the word says? Are you seeing the word? In other words, are you seeing Christ lifted up? Are you looking to Christ? Uh, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, consider him, consider him, think of him, focus on him, look to him. And, and, and he, uh, they looked upon him, as many as looked upon him. When we look to Jesus to receive. So you look, but just don't look at the gore. Just don't look as a spectator. You look on him to receive, right? So when Moses held up that brazen serpent, they looked in order to live. What did they want? They wanted to receive life. The Old Testament is just, is just like pictures, events that happened to give us a vivid communication of what the reality of the new covenant is. And so he's lifted up on that pole. Jesus lifted up on that pole so that we could really live, that we could live. Well, what, how, how are we going to live? Well, his life, Zoe, is going to come into us. His life, Zoe, is going to dominate us if we let it. If we let it. You know, God told the children of Israel in the wilderness... He said, you know, talking about Canaan's land, I have given you this land. This is your land for a possession. So what they do? Well, they sent out spies into the land and they found out there's giants in the land and they found out that's a land of great abundance. There's a lot of abundance in that land. And then they came back. They sent out a total of 12 spies. Ten of the spies, the Bible says, gave an evil report of doubt and unbelief. And they said, 
We are as grasshoppers in their sight and our sight. What were they saying? They were saying the temporal view. They were saying, like, if I look at how this land is right now, uh, first of all, th there's so much abundance. Second of all, there's giants. Do you realize that sometimes the natural mind will, will kind of reject what I'm going to say? But sometimes there can be such abundance that God offers you that you, you don't have the capacity to receive it because of your wrong thinking and wrong believing. Yet it's yours. He said, I have given it to you. And then you know what happened? When they went into the land, God said, every place, they're in the land, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread shall be yours. Yet they're already in it. So God had given them, I have given you this land, you have to go in and possess it, and then once they're in it, you know, you could be in that land and all this abundance is around you, but you're not possessing it, you're, you're, not, you're not taking it. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread shall be yours. So what? In this land that he had given them, they had to walk with the soles of their feet in contact with that area of the land in order for it to be tangibly theirs. Right? I have given you the land, and every place the sole of your foot shall tread shall be yours. That is awesome. Uh, but it's also uh, kind of like uh, shoots a hole through religious cows. Right? Because like if God did it, well, you just automatic, it's just already there. No, no, I've given you the land. Go in and possess it. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread shall be yours. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread shall be yours. This is why even though Jesus healed us by his stripes, not everyone possesses that. And even in that land, not everyone walks in all of that. Why? Because every place the sole of your foot shall tread shall be yours. Well, I want the sole of your foot to tread on health, healing, divine health. Not just healing, but divine health. That you walk free from sickness and free from disease. Right? I want the sole of your foot to tread on uh, provision and abundance financially in your life. Not just financially. The will of God is that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. He wants us to prosper in every area of our life. He wants your marriage to prosper. In other words, more than enough. Be abundant to the full. Life to the full. Marriage to the full. He wants your parenting to prosper. And what an opportunity you have right now. Uh, just, just take this extra time. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Man, you look to the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Say, Father God. You give me words right now for my children that I can uh, put your words into their life so that they can have something that's stable in an unstable world. Right? And so every place the sole of your foot shall tread shall be yours. Glory to God. I'm going to read verse 11 again. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then, death works in us, but life in you. Death works in us, but life in you. In other words, he's saying like, you're bringing this not only to yourself, but to other people. So death is working in my body. So that life can work in you, but also when I do that, death working in my body, then like you look at the previous verse, then the life of, of, of Christ is made manifest in my mortal flesh, right? So death works in us, but life in you. Now listen, uh, verse 13, we having, not we hoping, not we thinking, not we someday will have, no, we having, that's right now. That sounds like Hebrews 11:1. 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Not future faith is the substance of things hoped for. And he didn't say it that way because there's no such thing as future faith. That's called hope, right? Not past faith. No, now faith. Pistis faith. Greek word, pistis faith. So we having, right now, we have, not if we feel like it, but we having, 
we having, that's Paul writing under the inspiration of the Spirit of God to the Corinthian church, and that also applies to our church, Anchor Church, and to the church of Jesus Christ as a whole, we having the same spirit of faith. We having the same spirit of faith. Glory to God, we have the same spirit of faith. Same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith. What's that spirit of faith do? You know that same spirit of faith? That is the spirit of faith that David had when he ran at Goliath the Philistine. Uh, and that's in um, 1 Samuel 17, I think. 1 Samuel 17. And David said to Saul, uh, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Who? Corona. I mean, the Philistine. <laughs> right? Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. This, we're talking about the spirit of faith, that you have the same spirit of faith. We have this same spirit of faith. This is how David did this. Uh, listen to this. I'm going to try to make it quick. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. In other words, look at the circumstances. This man is trained. This man has been doing it since his youth. You've just been out in the field, dude. What do you have? Well, apparently Saul didn't understand what David had because David had the Spirit of the Lord. Listen. And David said to Saul, Your servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a, lion, uh, a lamb out of the flock, and I went after him. Spirit of faith. A lion came and took a lamb, and I went after him. That's a spirit of faith. And... Um, smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. In other words, I, I beat that lion and took the lamb out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. I don't know how last time you went to the zoo to be around a lion, uh, but you better have the spirit of faith. Uh, your servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. You see like the, the, the world system sometimes and like these diseases, these sickness, they are defying the armies of the living God. Jesus has already defeated all sickness and all disease and now it's coming to try to defy the body of Christ, right? We have the same spirit of faith, the same spirit of faith that David had. So Saul tried to put his armor on him and David's like, uh, you know what? Uh, I haven't proved this. I haven't used this. This isn't working. In other words, you got temporal things changing. You'll be like, well, let me try something else. Oh, no, 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 no. We constantly feed on the word, yield to the Holy Spirit. Feed on the word, yield to the Holy Spirit. He lives on the inside of us. We know exactly what to do. We have the same spirit of faith. And so uh, if David did it with the spirit of faith, with the lion and with the bear, and then the Philistine, he's going to do the same thing, same spirit of faith, same result, right? All right, so David... Uh, uh, you know, he hadn't proved it, so he's like, I can't do this. And he took a staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones out of the brook, put them in a shepherd's bag, and when he had um, uh, put them in his sling, excuse me, verse 41, and when the Philistine came and drew near David and the man that bare the shield before him, and the Philistine looked about and saw David, uh, and he disdained him. In other words, he held him in low regard. He looked down upon him literally and uh, figuratively. And he was but a youth and ruddy and a fair countenance. And the Philistines said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with uh, basically sticks and stones? And the Philistines said, David, uh, come to me and I'll give your flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. In other words, don't expect your enemy to talk real nice and just say, Oh, I see that you're a child of God, so I'm just going to back up. I'm just not going to do, oh, no, no, no. The devil masquerades like a lion, and he, he wants to, like, uh, trick you as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He roams about, you know, and so uh, Goliath looked like a roaring soldier who had great ability, and if David had tried to approach him without God, that's what, that's what he would have been to him. But when we come with him on the inside, we have the same spirit of faith. We come with that spirit of faith. Look what happens. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the fowls of the air, to the beasts of the field. Then David 
to the Philistines said, Come, you come at me with a sword and a spear and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day I will deliver, uh, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. In other words, don't think it's in my own strength I'm doing this. The Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will smite you and I will take your head from you and I will give your carcass uh, to the host of the Philistines this day to the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Hallelujah. So, verse 48, David hastened and ran toward the enemy to meet the Philistine, put his hand in his bag, took a stone, slung it, and smote the Philistine in his forehead, and the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his faith on the earth, and David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and slew him, and then cut off his head, did exactly what he said. That is called the spirit of faith. We have the same spirit of faith. Well, he said, verse 14, um, uh, knowing the, uh, excuse me, verse 13, we having the same spirit of faith, right after he said, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. In other words, David didn't do this uh, because he thought just of his own flesh. No, he bore about the dying of his body like, you know what? The Lord will deliver you into my hand. I am fighting for the armies of the Lord because you dare defy the armies of the living God. Hallelujah. So, we which live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. I would say David was kind of delivered unto death. But because he let the Lord fight his battle, and he just yielded to what God had given him, that spirit of faith, man, he went away a victor in the battle. And he got the king's daughter. <laughs> Glory to God. And the riches. Praise the Lord. We having the same spirit of faith as it's written, listen, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe, therefore speak. That's exactly what David did. He said, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to look like. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what it looked like. Confession will bring you what God has promised. That possession. You go in to possess it, right? Every place the sole of your foot shall tread. So uh, we believe and we speak. We have the same spirit of faith. Verse 18, uh, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. They're subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Jesus Christ is our eternal Lord, our eternal Savior. God is our eternal Father. The Holy Spirit is our uh, eternal uh, presence of God in us and united with us. Glory to God. We are children of God. In the earth, uh, we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Our home actually is in heaven with God, according to the Word of God. Uh, but we're here in the earth, and so we are to exercise dominion. And how are we going to do that? With the spirit of faith. I like to say a spirit of faith is like taking a properly inflated basketball and trying to submerge it in a swimming pool. You might could keep it for half a second, all of a sudden it's going to pop. It's always going to pop to the top. It's always going to pop to the top, right? We have that same spirit of faith. We have the same spirit of faith. Pastor Mark Hankins, <laughs> such a blessing. He's like the spirit of faith will make a tadpole slap a whale. He was preaching one time down in the south, and this guy said, man, that preaching, that sure doesn't get me going. He said, that makes me want to grab a cornstalk, swing out over hell, and spit in the devil's eye. <laughs> That's called the spirit of faith. You can catch the spirit of faith because you have that same spirit of faith. And when, like 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, behold, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, old things, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Well, when you behold that you have the same spirit of faith, it ought to make you go from sitting like this to sitting like this. Sitting like this to like this. We have that same spirit of faith. You have that same spirit of faith if you're a believer. So don't let the devil take an inch. 
Don't let the devil steal from you. Don't let the devil steal your mental time, your thinking time. Don't let the devil steal your family time. Don't let the devil steal your money, your health, your wealth, your ability, the call of God upon your life. God has a plan for your life. And you're not going to figure out that plan and you're not going to fulfill that plan without feeding on the Word of God and getting in the presence of God, yielding to His Spirit and doing what He tells you to do. He loves you. He loves you with everlasting love. The love of God never has an end in its direction towards you, in its power towards you. God loves you and we have, when you're born again, you get that same spirit of faith. That same spirit of faith that you can run at a giant with your mouth open, speaking what God has said. And that giant will be defeated in your life and things will change. This, right now, today, March 22nd, 2020, is turnaround time. God is turning things around. He has turned our captivity. He has turned it. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, that you've turned it. All right, I want you to pray with me right now. Uh, every head bowed, every eye closed. Uh, nobody looking around. Father, we, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you that as believers, you have given us this same spirit of faith. But Father, we pray right now, as believers, we come together right now, unified, we come together and we lift up all those that may be watching this uh, that don't know you or listening to this and they don't know you. They're, they're, they're outside of your family, outside of your hand of protection and provision. So Father, we pray right now by your spirit that you'd speak to them, that you'd help them to know that without you, they're just a lost sinner on their way to hell, uh, experiencing uh, death and destruction in their path. But with you, there is life and that more abundant on the way to heaven. Father, I pray right now, thank you for your spirit who works on hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're watching today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, it's not automatic. Like I said in the message, you can believe that uh, Jesus is the Son of God and you can still not experience heaven and end up in hell. Why? Because uh, when Adam and Eve sinned, yielded to the devil, death came into the world and separated them from God and they were uh, spiritually separated from God and you have to be made a new creature in Christ Jesus in order to partake of this new life that gives you not only life that lasts forever, but the life of God that lasts forever so that your life now is hidden in Christ Jesus, that your life is made new in, in Him. And so you don't do this because you do so many good things. Maybe you're helping your neighbors. Maybe you're helping your friends. Maybe you're helping your job. You're working really hard right now. All of that work, all of that effort, if it's, it doesn't bring you any closer to God, you know, you'll see people just give up their lives because Christ gave their life for them and they receive that. And because of that, as a result of that, you see works that follow that change that happened in their heart, their, that new nature that came in, that love nature. But just because people are doing things, human flesh wants to do, you know, oh, what five things can I do to get God to like me, to get God to overlook what my mistakes and my failures? Well, you can't do those things. Jesus already did it. God loved you so much that He sent Jesus to pay the price for your mistakes, your sins, and your failures. And when you receive Jesus, you receive the buying back or the price paid for all of things, those things that were done. So if you're watching right now and you'd like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, I just want to invite you to pray this prayer with me as those around me just repeat after me, and then you just repeat after me, but believe in your heart and say it with your mouth. I want you to say this. Say, Oh God, I come to you right now in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. I believe that you raised him from the dead, and that on the cross, he took my sins, he took my failures. He took even all of the good things that I've done. And I take him right now as my Lord, as my, 
as my Savior. I turn away from all those other things, the good and the bad, and I turn to Jesus. Jesus, be my Lord. I take you as my Lord. In your name, amen. Thank you, Father, that I am now born again. New life has been created in me. Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer, I want you to notify us. Uh, send us an email at info at anchordc.org so we can send you some materials and get you connected with a good church. If you're in our area, we invite you to join our church uh, right here Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. And then very soon, because it's turnaround time, we are going to be meeting again together in the flesh. You know, where we can uh, cast our eyes on you and see you. Uh, but till then, there's no distance in the spirit. Uh, we love you. We're praying for you. And we thank God for you, every single one of you. And uh, everyone else, we want to thank you for joining us. We thank you. We pray uh, for you and uh, about you. And we just, I just want to encourage you. You know, they prayed and sang praises like we ministered last week. And so... Uh, we just all come together and thank God that he's giving wisdom, that he's given uh, great ideas, that uh, sickness and disease do not have dominion over the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is in the earth, so this too will go away. I want to encourage you uh, as, as we close, take time every day to feed on the word of God and to pray. You know, I love the, the kids' song, read your Bible, pray every day. It's pretty simple. Uh, but I say feed, feed on the Bible. Feed on the Word of God. Let the words of God speak to your heart. Those words bring light in a dark situation. They bring life where there is death. They bring heal, healing and health where there is sickness and disease. They bring prosperity and provision where there is lack. And they bring mental freedom where there is distress. Cast all your cares on the Lord. Look to Him, Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, and walk in the victory of Jesus and the blessing of God. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.